Well, you might like to take out your Bibles this morning. It's always uh, a good thing to open up God's Word together. And uh, we're going to be starting in Luke chapter 2, but heading to Exodus. So you can kind of take your pick where you want to go, whether Exodus 3 and be there in advance or start in Luke chapter 2. And we'll see what the Lord wants to do in our midst today. I might pray and then we'll jump into it. So thank you, Lord, for this holy moment, this great privilege to open up your word. Your word that is a lamp for our feet, a light for our path. Your word that brings life. Your word that is truth, Lord. And I just pray that as we open up your scripture this morning, that our hearts would indeed be open to you, to what you are saying to us, Lord God, through your word. Give us ears to hear, give us insight and wisdom. May we not just be hearers of the word, but but doers of the word, putting it into practice in our lives, I pray. So breathe life into this time, Holy Spirit. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I wonder how many of you are familiar with the phenomenon of the dessert stomach. According to my lovely wife and quite a few of my family and friends, it is an essential part of the digestive system. In basic terms, it's one's ability, no matter how full, to always have room for or make room for dessert. This manifests in a few different ways. For example, when going to restaurants, these people will look at the dessert options first and to see what's on offer and then kind of work their way back from there. And they'll adjust their order accordingly based on what's on offer to make sure that there is room for dessert. And for those who hold fast to the dessert stomach philosophy, they consider dessert so important, so vital even, that they are willing to ensure there is room for it no matter what. Is there an amen here? Anyone else identify with that kind of philosophy this morning? In our lives of faith, There is something, or I should say someone, so important that we make room for no matter what. And so this morning I want to bring just a word based on what I feel like the Lord has been speaking to me personally as kind of the end of last year and coming into this new year, stirring my own heart for this year. But I believe it's also for us as a church and simply this, the title of the message today is Making Room for Jesus. Making room for Jesus. And it's a simple thought, it's a simple concept, perhaps. But as I've been reflecting on it, as I've been just taking a moment to, I guess, examine my own heart and life and just reflect on what it actually looks like to make room for Jesus, it's, it's simple, yet it's actually quite significant or profound for us as His people to be making room for Him particularly with the nature of our full and fast-paced, busy lives. So we're going to start this morning uh, just in Luke chapter 2, just one verse. And of course, it's the well-known passage, the well-known story of the birth of Jesus. We won't spend too long here because I know we were in Luke 2 a little bit over December. Christmas has passed now. But I just want to kind of lay a little bit of the groundwork this morning here. In this particular account of the birth of Jesus, there's one verse that gets me every time. 
that causes me to just to stop and reflect and ponder. And it's verse 7 of Luke chapter 2. And it says, and, and she, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place or no room for them at the inn. Now just think about that for a moment. There was no place, there was no room for the Savior of the world. There was no room for the promised Messiah, the one who had come to bring life and hope and joy and freedom, the, the one who came to release the very kingdom of God upon the earth. There was no room. There was no space for him in the end. And of course, with the benefit of hindsight and seeing the whole picture and some 2,000 years of history and as we look through the lens of Scripture, we can see that oh, what a missed opportunity that was. What a missed opportunity for that, that innkeeper. You know, he could have put the sign up over the door of that inn, come to the birthplace of the Messiah. Would have been great for tourism, for business, I'm sure. But it was a missed opportunity, not just for the trappings and the blessings and the good for business kind of thing, but simply the missed opportunity of welcoming Jesus into their midst. If only he knew. I'm sure his response would have been slightly different. If only he knew. It's like, oh, Jesus has come. We've got to make room. We've got to make room. Sorry, you've got to get out of here because we have to make room for Jesus. And of course, it's easy to judge that innkeeper, but it's important for us to stop and reflect too. Is there room for Jesus in our lives? Or has he been crowded out? Are there things that have perhaps taken up residence in our hearts and lives that maybe need to go, no matter what, to ensure there is room for Jesus? May it not be said of us as God's people that there was no room for Jesus in our modern, sophisticated, busy lives. You see, when we, you see, what we make room for reveals something. What we make room for reveals something. That is, what we give our time and our attention and our focus, our energy to reveal something. It reveals what we value. It reveals what we treasure. It reveals where our treasure is and where our priorities lie. So this morning, what are you making room for in your life right now. Now here in my heart this morning, I'm, I'm not suggesting that we all, you know, need to stop working or stop managing our homes or doing what God has called us to do. Work and family and study and all those things are not bad by any means. But what I'm getting at, I guess, this morning, is there currently room for Jesus in the midst of all those things? And will we make room for Jesus in 2023? Will we as a church make room for Him this year? To make space for Him to pour out His Spirit, to speak, to, to lead us, to, to see us press in for what He's wanting to do. I pray that we would make room for Him in a deeper way. 
So we could leave it there with that encouragement this morning, but I want to just develop this a little bit further. So if you haven't already, you might like to turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. I just want to bring a few things out of this particular passage. So the context here is that Moses, um, he's been raised in Pharaoh's courts, in Pharaoh's house, raised in the ways of royalty, we could say. And uh, he has this altercation, he's there trying to defend uh, some of his own people, and it doesn't quite go very well. Uh, He ends up murdering a man, and he flees for fear and for shame. He runs away, and he's in the desert for 40 years. And as an aside, God never wastes anything, does he? That Moses, in that wilderness season, that place in the desert, he needed to be equipped for the desert and how to handle it to then be able to lead God's people through their wilderness wanderings in the desert for 40 years. But that's probably a sermon for another day. Let's read together from verse 1 of Exodus 3. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. And then he said, Do not come near. Take the sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. So here we see Moses going about his normal life, doing his job, keeping the flock. And here we see the Lord desiring to get his attention. And here we see that it's when he turns aside, when he gives his attention to the Lord, that the Lord then speaks and reveals himself. So for us this morning, what can we learn and take away and grab hold of, if you like, to put into practice or apply in our lives this year as we approach 2023. So just a few things that I want to encourage us in this morning about making room for the Lord. First of all, making room for the Lord happens in the midst of life. It happens in the midst of life. What do I mean by this? Well, Moses here, he was doing his job. He was keeping the flock. He was leading them around to pasture, to water, doing whatever it is that all those things that shepherds do And I imagine that it would have felt very mundane at times, very ordinary perhaps at times, certainly compared to what he had been brought up doing or the environment that he had been brought up in. But it was in the midst of the normal and the mundane in day-to-day life that the Lord shows up. What I want to encourage us in this morning is that for us, we don't necessarily need to be on a sabbatical or on some super spiritual pilgrimage away from the chaos and the busyness to make room for the Lord. That we can make room for Him. We can turn our hearts towards Him, draw near to Him in the midst of life, in the midst of the day to day. 
And it's not even, you know, oh, when I've got more time or when this happens or when work dies down a bit, then I w- we, can, we can make room for him in the midst of the day-to-day. For Moses here, the mundane moment of keeping the sheep became a holy moment as he turned aside, as he gave his attention to the Lord, and because the Lord was there. For us, too, the mundane moments can become holy moments that mark us when we make room for the Lord. So we should not despise or dismiss the mundane moments, the day-to-day life, but seek to make room for the Lord in the midst of that. Because perhaps it's those very moments of the Monday, faithfully doing our jobs, faithfully raising our kids, serving our families, serving our communities, our church perhaps, that will lead to moments of encounter with the Lord. Making room for Him happens in the midst of life. Making room for the Lord, secondly this morning, causes us to be attentive. God is a God who desires to get our attention. He desires to reveal himself. He desires to make himself known to us. The question is often, will we pay attention? Is there space and room in our hearts and lives for us to pay attention to what he might be saying, to what he might be leading us in and doing? He may not use a burning bush to get our attention, but perhaps he will speak to us through his word, as we open that up, as we take the time to open up his word. Perhaps he will bring his leading as we're going about a normal evening routine. Perhaps it's watching the TV and you just feel that, that drawing in your heart to, to turn it off and be still before the Lord. In our fast-paced, busy lives, there are so many things that can demand our attention that perhaps make it hard to be attentive to what truly matters. This year, may we be a people who make room so that we can be attentive to Him. Third encouragement this morning for us is that making room for the Lord is an intentional thing. Unfortunately, it doesn't just happen. Moses said, I will turn aside to see And the Amplified Bible emphasizes that it was in this kind of sense, that I will turn aside from the flock. I will turn aside from what I'm doing, from the kind of activity, the the day-to-day. I will turn aside to see. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside from the flock, it's like he was saying, I will give my attention to this for this moment. And when the Lord saw that he had intentionally turned aside, that he had given him his attention, then he spoke to him and revealed himself to him. I am God. This is who I am. Now, of course, the Lord is more than able to speak, lead us, draw near at any time, at any place when we're caught up doing something. But the encouragement for us this morning is that for us as his people this year, there's something that happens when we make room for him. Something significant happens when we intentionally turn aside to give our attention to the Lord. And it's often where we are willing to disrupt the status quo, the normal way of things. 
that the Lord will speak, where he will reveal himself, where he will move in our hearts and lives, where he will just move in our families, in our church, in our communities, in a deeper way. I don't know about you, but I need that. I need that. I believe that we need that as his people. Would you turn with me to Revelation chapter 3? This is where we're going to try and land it this morning. This morning I'm, I'm not kind of talking about just kind of squeezing Jesus in somewhere, you know. I've got five minutes on the second Tuesday of next month, Lord. Or I've got seven and a half minutes before... You know, when the kids are in bed before the next Big Bash game starts. That's, I'm not just talking about squeezing in. I'm also not talking this morning about, you know, okay, here you go, Jesus. Come on, here's your space here. This is your room of my heart and my life. Make yourself comfy. Oh, no, no, no. Don't go into that area of my life, please. Don't go into that room. That's my space. You can have that space, and I'll call you when I need you. That's not what making room for the Lord is all about. It's making room so that he would have his rightful place in our hearts and lives. This is what it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. A well-known verse, often used with an evangelical kind of emphasis. But the context here is actually Jesus talking to his people, his church. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. And eat with him, and he with me. He's talking to his people. He's talking to the church here at Laodicea. He's standing at the door, knocking, eagerly desiring to come in and be in the midst of his people. Just like when someone is knocking at the door of our home. Someone rings the bell or knocks on the door. It's an intentional thing to to go, hey, yes, you can come in. We can open the door. Or an intentional thing maybe to... Keep the door closed, depending on who's there. It's an intentional thing. Jesus is desiring to come in and be Lord, have his rightful place. It's like he's saying, hello, I'm here. Is there any room for me? Can I come in? And, of course, the church at Laodicea, in this kind of report card, that they were given here, that nothing positive was given, to, was, was said of them in the assessment of their church life. They thought they were great. They thought they had it all together. They thought that they were prosperous and wealthy and blessed and all those things, and yet Jesus just brings a little bit of a reality check. So I can picture it almost like, hey, I'm here. I want to come in. Will you let me in? Is there room for me? And it's like, oh, oh. There's that guy in the white robes again. He's knocking on the door. He's knocking on the door. He's disrupting things again. Can't someone tell him that we're busy with church this morning? That we've actually got quite a full schedule and that it would actually be more convenient if he came back at another opportune time. We can't afford any more disruptions today. He's there. He's the one desiring to come in, desiring to meet with us, desiring close relationship with us, even in the midst of the busyness of life, the day-to-day mundane things. He desires 
close relationships. And it's when we make room and give him space and welcome him to come and do whatever he wants to do that he does come in and come near. And in all this talk of making room for the Lord, ultimately, he is the price. As we heard from Andrew last week, it's, it's more than just being happy with the blessings and the benefits and the trappings, but it's him that we should seek and pursue above all other things. It's not merely making room for him to just experience all the blessings and the trappings and the benefits that come with making room for him, of course. But it's making room for him to know him, to love him and to become more like him. Maybe if, if Brendan and Carolyn could come up at this point, that would be great. Thank you. So I want to just spend a moment as we finish this morning. How do we make room? I want to kind of hopefully leave us with something that we can take away, that we can go from here with, that we can maybe put into practice, that will hopefully help in making space. But ultimately, as we seek to make room for the Lord, it's less about a box that we tick, like, oh, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. But rather, it's more about opening up our hearts to Him so that our lives gradually become more yielded to Him and surrendered to Him and our lives become more like Jesus where He has free reign. How do we make room? A great starting point I want to encourage us in this morning is to ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit. He's the one who leads us into truth. He's the one who comes alongside. He's the, the one who guides and counsels us. Holy Spirit, what is taking up too much of my time in an unhealthy way? Where am I distracted in a way that's not going to lead to life? Where am I crowding out the Lord in my heart and life? Come before and invite the Holy Spirit to lead you. From a practical sense, perhaps you'd consider setting the alarm 20 minutes earlier or pressing the snooze button two or three or four times less before getting up in the morning. Begin your day by coming before God, by opening up His Word, by just thanking and praising Him for who He is, by inviting Him to come and just lead you that day. What are you saying, Lord? If morning's not your thing, as I know it's not for many, maybe just try that in the evening or some other point during the day. Or if morning's not your thing, maybe look for other ways, like spending 20 minutes less on a screen during the day. Turning that show off, putting the phone away, putting even that book away, just to draw near to the Lord. Invite him to come and speak. Maybe making room for him looks like opening up his word more consistently this year. This week I was in contact with one of the, one of the youth guys. And uh, at the end of the year he, he received a Bible in one year commentary uh, with one of the end of year party lucky door prizes. I was just thinking of him this week and got in touch and said, Hey, how are you going? 
Uh, just really want to encourage you to d- delve into God's Word this year. How are you going with that commentary you got? And he came back and he said, oh, you know what, I've been reading it every day so far this year. I've been loving it, I've been really finding it helpful. He's making room for the Lord in his life this year, opening up God's Word. Maybe a walk, maybe a trip to work can become a holy moment, a time to pray, a time to worship, a time to intentionally turn aside to seek Him, to listen to what He may be saying. Here at church, maybe in our worship times, as the teams leave space, as they did so well this morning, we do that not because they don't know where they're going or what to do, but it's to... It's to leave room for the Lord. It's to leave room to to kind of get off the kind of even just the words on a screen and to to enable our hearts to respond to Him from the overflow. So in those times as we gather together this year as a church, let me encourage all of us. Maybe it's, it's not a time to kind of switch off and be like, oh, when's the next song starting or whatever it is. But to be like, no, Lord, I want to press in. I'm going to just, just going to focus my attention on you in this moment. Perhaps those examples, those practices might be helpful. Maybe they won't. Maybe you've already got them all down pat. If that's the case, fantastic. Continue in there. But making room for the Lord is profoundly simple, yet it's often profoundly more difficult than we would like it to be. But don't lose heart this year. Making room for the Lord, it happens in the midst of the day-to-day life. It helps us be attentive. And it comes as we be intentional about making that space. Like the dessert stomach philosophy, those that simply must have dessert those that organize their order around the dessert, that must make room for the dessert to savor it, to enjoy it. So for us, may we be a people who simply must make room to know and enjoy and savor the Lord Jesus, who organize our lives and our schedules around the prize, around the Lord, so that we might know Him so that we might love Him, that we might become more like Him, so that we might be attentive to what He is saying and be forever changed as a result. Would you stand this morning as we bring our service to a close? I'm going to invite uh, those that are prayer team members this morning just to come forward either side of the stage area I'm going to pray also just want to make room for the Lord to move for him to to touch our hearts for him to speak Perhaps as you're starting this year, you're in a place where you're like, oh, I know I need to make room for the Lord. Maybe even as we've been 
sharing this time together this morning, there have been things that the Holy Spirit has been highlighting. Maybe things that need to be just brought before Him, before the Lord this morning. Well, I would invite you to come forward, do business with the Lord. Kind of front space is, is open, the altar's open to just come and do business with God. To come and bring those things, perhaps, to lay them down before Him. And invite Him to come and speak. Perhaps it's you're in a place of just desiring to go deeper in your walk with the Lord this year. To make room and be attentive and all those things. You might like to come and receive prayer for that. That God would just, uh, by His grace, just enable you to do that. Be intentional in that this year. So Father, I want to thank you for our time together today. I want to thank you for the joy of gathering together as your people. Lord, I want to thank you for each and every person here, that it's no accident they're here this morning. And I pray that they would leave today, each of us would leave today, Lord, a little different than when we came in, because we've been in your presence and have met with you. Lord, I want to pray that you would Help us to be a people who make room for you, Lord, in our hearts and lives this year. Lord, we don't just want the the status quo. We don't just want the way things have always been, Lord. We want to know you more. We want to be more like you, Lord. We want to be attentive to you, Lord God. Would you help us to make room for you, Lord? I ask that you would put your finger on those things. I ask that for myself, for all of us here too. Those things that may have been crowding you out. Those things that maybe have been an unhealthy distraction, Lord God. And Lord, may we bring those things before you. Take us from a place of distraction to a place of devotion. Lord, I pray that the the mundane, the everyday life, those mundane moments would in fact become holy moments, Lord, because you are there. And as we make room for you, we would see you more clearly, Lord. Lord, we're so in need of you. In need of you to change and transform us and make us more like you. And I pray that you would be welcome in our hearts and lives to come and do whatever it is you want to do, Lord. So I bless each person here this morning. With the love of the Father, with the grace of the Lord Jesus presence and power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you and praise you this morning. You've been here in our midst with us, Lord. Amen.